0: Could Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Kevontae Turpin be more involved in the offense than anyone thinks? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast.
1: You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part
0: of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every locked day.
1: On. Locked. 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 Locked, on. locked On Cowboys. Locked on Cowboys.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Cowboys wrapped up a pretty spirited practice yeah. on Monday. One of the biggest takeaways I had from that practice is. I think this Cavante Turpin thing is real on offense. I think he could have a bigger role on offense than anyone expects.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think just kind of having been through—I think this was practice nine. Now uh, we've seen, you know, uh, just a lot of uh, opportunity for Cavante Turpin to get involved in the offense, working with the ones, uh, spe- you know, clearly doing some stuff that uh, seemed specifically tailored to him or, or was put in there for him. Um, you know, we, I think, you know, the big thing we saw yesterday was kind of wetting our appetite a little bit was this you know situation where he was coming off of a, off of a motion. And then right at the snap was able to kind of create a natural rub route uh, with uh, was a gallop I think Are
0: they, it was either uh,
1: Gallup or CD, but like that stuff is it's like, they're like yeah. layup throws to turn. Yeah. In. And that's,
0: that's what made me think like, man, he, he he might be somebody who like gets three touches or four touches a game on offense every single week.
1: Yeah, and, and it's kind of – I tweeted this out. This was kind of the uh, sort of purposeful motion that I was talking about, right? And, and clearly what this is is that they're they're trying to find ways to get someone like Turpin the ball on the move uh, it, with quick situations and, and you know quick passes and, and just an opportunity to get the ball – more opportunity to get the ball in their playmaker's hands uh, so to try to have them do something. And obviously with Turpin, you've got a guy that uh, – you know you have has a clearly, clearly a unique skill set i think we all knew that coming in and and i think we all knew that there was probably going to be an uptick in some you know, you know reverses jet sweep that sort of thing but i think the thing that's really been interesting is that they've really leaned into trying to get him open in route you know trying to get him deployed out in route and 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 relying on him as a pass catcher uh, despite his kind of smaller size so uh, yeah I, I tend to think that you know you add that element into his game where he can actually go out in route running routes not just the kind of jet sweep stuff not even just the kind of example I just used where he's like you know kind of motioning behind the line of scrimmage and then getting like a natural rub out into the flat there's other routes we're seeing him down the field yeah. and I think that that's that's kind of where uh uh you know, we, we've seen more from him than we expected, right? Like I didn't think that we would necessarily see those kind of opportunities for him early on, but it's clear that the Cowboys are determined to like use him as a actual receiver on top of the kind of gadgetry stuff that they plan that they have planned for him as well.
0: So the Cowboys are really dead set on throwing the ball down the field. Like Ceedee lamb has suggested, and we've seen some throws to Brandon cooks down the field. That's going to open up a lot of these underneath routes, and I saw a play yesterday. I'm trying to think exactly how it was, but Dak basically did like a read option. I think it was with Malik Davis in the backfield. Um, mm-hmm. And then Turpin kind of came behind him. So they ran the read option that he just flipped it over to Turpin, almost like a screen pass Yep. where Turpin's getting the ball on the run as soon as he catches it. And they had two blockers in front of him. All he's got to do is make one guy miss and he's got 12 yards so easy. And I think, I think that's the advantage of having somebody like Turpin is that you can get be these layups for Dak Prescott, and you can get some easy chunk yardage, not just on third down when you need it, but hey, if it's second and six and you just want to go pick up seven yards really quickly, you can run that kind of stuff. And I guess yesterday was the first time that I really thought maybe Turpin is going to be a mainstay in this offense moving forward.
1: Yeah, like it's not – like they actually have plans for him, right? Like it's not just like, hey, let's try to get Turpin involved, but like, hey, let's run this play so we can get Turpin the ball. Um I, and to add to that, too, I think that you know we talk whenever we talk about x's and O stuff, I always like to talk about the constraints, right? like the what what do you have in the game plan that when I run this play that we're talking about can be the counter to that, like the yeah. counter punch to that? And for me, what it is is we've seen all this kind of stuff behind the line of scrimmage stuff out into the flat. One of these times Turpin's going to be running out to the flat, a cornerback's going to jump it and he's going to go, he's going to go on a nine. He's going to go up the field and then no one's going to catch him. So, uh, and then what that does is that makes corners step back, suddenly creating more room for him to operate underneath. And now you've got like a whole, you know, system of, of trying to get Turpin open and making the cornerback guess. So uh, I do think that the, the adding the, the, kind of pass element down the field and adding that to his repertoire, seeing that he can catch the ball outside of his frame. It actually opens things up more for the kind of underneath and behind the line of scrimmage throws, just because it gives him yep. more space to operate. If teams think that he is a threat to suddenly take off down the field with that speed and, and get up on the sideline, like on a nine round. The only reason that I'm a little hesitant to, to project
0: Turpin to even get more work is because Jalen Tolbert has looked really yeah, good well, in these practices and he had another really strong day on Monday. I saw one of the catches that he made. I think it was on a dig route. Uh just, guy was contested all over and made an unbelievable grab. It just seems like anytime that he's targeted, he's making plays. He's he's this drum beat has continued. And I just wonder like, how are the Cowboys going to be able to find all find targets for all five of these receivers?
1: yeah I mean I think it it's champagne problems especially sure. compared to last year right i mean uh the but the fact is is that you have a couple of different folks that were all kind of on individual tracks uh that have made their way to where we are now and and, and several of these guys are hitting at the right time, including turpin including tolbert uh and 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 I think that that's Uh, A a, a fantastic problem to have, especially considering the way we felt about this wide receiver core kind of going into this camp where we weren't exactly sure what we were going to get to get a solid guy who's really grabbed hold of that number four spot with both hands. Uh, Then to get another guy like Turpin who has come in and gives you a a level of dynacism and another angle to that wide receiver core that you didn't even know kind of existed there before. Uh, I I think those two guys alone, and then I mean, we would be remiss if we didn't mention Jalen Brooks as well. Uh, I think that between the three of them, they've kind of completely reshaped how we feel uh, about the middle of this wide receiver core Mm -hmm. and and, and how this room actually is deeper than we kind of expected going into this. Uh, I'm just really impressed by this entire
0: wide receiver group. There's a couple players that have maybe fallen out of the, the running for roster spots. We'll get to them later, but... Just overall, this position looks so much better than I think anybody anticipated going into camp. We felt really good about C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks. And I think we were optimistic that Michael Gallup was going to be better this year. But to get this type of play from Tolbert and Turpin and Jalen Brooks, it's just really exciting, Landon.
1: Yeah, I mean, they get high-end results, uh, especially versus expectation for all three of those players. Uh, I mean, that, you know. That's why you don't give out hope on some of this stuff with young players, right? Like sometimes you just discover that some of these guys, they, they, the light turns on and they become completely different players from one season yep. to another. So uh, it happens. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys' first-round pick, Mozzie Smith, because I think we would
0: noticed some improvements from week one of padded practice to week two. We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire. Every week, we're going to provide you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. It's Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. Are you looking for a second-year fantasy football wide receiver who can drive your team to big points while he catches on with a new starting quarterback? Garrett Wilson is a guaranteed fit with Aaron Rodgers as he's ready to build off his very promising rookie season with the Jets. Watch for Wilson to make big plays all over the field with his speed, quickness, and route running. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same is true with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. They have air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, shocks, struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check get the right parts the right fit and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. and let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to US customers eligible items only exclusion supply welcome back to the lot on Cowboys podcast every day guys, we're gonna be back tomorrow answering your Twitter questions I believe the Cowboys I think they're off today correct are they off on Tuesday no they're, they're they practice today but they're off tomorrow and then okay back so we'll do Thursday. yeah so we'll do we'll do a recap of the the practice tomorrow and then on on uh, Thursday, we'll do your Twitter questions. So make sure
1: you guys are tuning into both those shows. No, no, actually Thursday we are. I'm going back to camp on uh, uh, OxStars. So, oh, actually yes, we'll do questions on Thursday Th- morning, and then we'll yes. do review. Sorry, we're all figuring this out on the last Let's, second. The, but this but is the way the players together.
0: feel. The camp days yeah. just start to run together. Exactly. But the good thing is we've got a play or we've got a preseason game on Saturday. We'll make That's sure right. we break that down and get you ready for that. But, Landon, I want to talk about Mozzie Smith because week one of padded practice, it was clear that. Still getting used to the speed of the NFL, working on uh, getting off the snap, working on the technique. I saw a couple of clips that you and our friend John Owning have posted. Seems like he's improved quite a bit on his get off. What have you seen from him uh, in the last couple of practices?
1: Yeah, I think improvement. You know, and that's that's what we needed to see. And 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 I, honestly, it's one of those things where, um, you know, this is not I. There's nuance here, but I don't think this is a difficult thing for someone to learn, right? To get off the football, to use their explosiveness. I mean, to, if you have that kind of explosiveness, to be able to use it to, uh, to your advantage is just something that you, you just try to work on getting better. But I, I think what we've seen from Mozzie is that you know, he kind of had to learn the initial technique uh, of the footwork, the stance, how to get out of the stance, um, you know, just getting used to reacting to the, to the center or guard's head. Uh, and the movements and 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 knowing when the the not to listen but to watch you know with, with where where the ball when the ball's moving and what we saw yesterday is him getting off the ball quite cleanly and 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 and, and as early as anyone on the defensive line it's on a couple of different snaps i i think i I've sent you and John and some other folks a, a a clip where they' kind of slowed down everything so we could get you know the idea of who was first moving off the ball and on a line with uh with uh i think it was bohana. And uh, Demarcus Lawrence, and then Fowler. Uh, I think it it was it was actually Mozzie was getting off the snap the quickest. I, I mean, because he's in, in on the inside, he should be getting off yeah. the quickest. But but that's that's what you're hoping for, right? The but if you watch this there. tape at
0: Michigan, he was almost always the last guy off the ball,
1: right? So that's well, it wasn't why it's important. Not, yeah, yeah, exactly. and that's why
0: we're we're mentioning now is it seems like he's
1: at least learning what to do here. He's 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 definitely trending very much in the right direction, and. Honestly, I think it 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 uh it paid dividends for him yesterday, right? It's uh it, 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 he he was able to get uh what I would have called a sack on that uh Tolbert incompletion to McQuamu. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh that, I'm sorry, Tolbert incompletion that McQuamu knocked down. Like yeah. on the back end of that play, Mazi clearly would have gotten either a sack or a strip sack. Uh, there was another player too where he was able to get into the backfield uh, once to create a tackle for loss. Another time where he just got into the backfield and muddied things up so bad that it destroyed the play. So, you know, we're seeing more and more of him, uh, you know, being comfortable with getting, uh, uh, you know, across the line of scrimmage, Uh, you know, and and that's the thing is that he doesn't even need, like, he's not, again, he's not going to win solely on his uh, elite jump, you know, no, that's not his game. That's not what he drafted in the first round. Exactly. But if he can get into the crack, if he can get into the gap and use that strength and just Disrupt bodies on where they're supposed to be going, you know run games are are very much built on you know precision on where these angles are and and, and having correct leverage and If you can get in the backfield and just disrupt and muddy everything, nothing's going to work right, and you can yeah. destroy a whole run, run concept by yourself so that's what we're hoping to see and then i I think the other thing the results right that that we're also hoping to see we are seeing. We're seeing more linebackers pull the trigger from the second level and able to cut through and get into the the backfield and and create tackles for losses instead of being cut off by guards and centers that are getting to the second level. So and that's all about uh, Mozzie and the defensive tackles kind of really doing their jobs, holding the uh, offensive linemen at the line of scrimmage. The Cowboys
0: were doing some short yard stuff yesterday, not necessarily the goal line stuff, but just regular short yard stuff. And the second-team defense that had Mozzie on it, I think it was Bohana, might have been the other defensive tackle. Uh,
1: he's another guy we're going to have to mention because he oh, is yeah. ha- starting to really have a fantastic camp. I, I-, I think he's taken this this Mozzie draft pick, pick seriously, and he's really stepped up his game for sure. Well, so they ran two sets
0: of, like, third, down, third and one and fourth and one. And the second-team defense, which you mentioned it was Fowler, um, Mazi Bohana and I don't remember. It might have been Sam Williams as the other end. Yep, stop the offense on all four plays. Now you could say, "Hey, should we be concerned about the Cowboys' offensive line?" I think it. Honestly, I think it's just more about the depth of this defensive line than anything. But it's just unreal the the production that they're getting from their
1: backup interior defensive lineman. Now it's really exciting. It really is. Yeah, and again, like it, it just opens things up for the guys on the outside. Uh Dante Fowler. I mean. Look, if we're going to point guys out, Dante Fowler has looked like an absolute demon on almost every single run well, defensive I mean, rep I've seen. Like, it's it, crazy. He's it, also it, going up against, like, the Cowboys' backup offensive tackles, which, I mean, I. He's which are up, the backup, backup offensive tackles right. at that point because the first team tackles were the backup tackles because I, I, we don't have them I in there all the I just feel bad
0: for these offensive tackles because this is somebody That's who's fair. probably going to get, like, six to seven sacks during the regular season. And yeah. he's going up against, like, offensive tackle five and offensive that's tackle why, six.
1: you know that's one of the things too you brought up a good point i just will throw this out here i think we should reserve a lot of our offensive line um you know feelings or thoughts about like exactly where they are especially the backup offensive line until we see them against another uh defensive line you know yeah. like i i think it's probably an unfair comparison for the second uh offensive lineman uh, to be, you know, constantly going against uh, these guys that are clearly a rung or two above them. Well, so, and I think we'll find out this week against Jacksonville. Like, not in the
0: first half or first quarter because Jacksonville is going to be playing the starters and the Cowboys won't be. But like in the third and fourth quarter, like if Brock Huffman and Matt Farniak and Al Lindstrom are really struggling against Jacksonville's backups, then I'll be concerned. But yeah they don't have a Dante Fowler or a Dorrance Armstrong that's going to be playing in the third and fourth quarters of these games. It's just, it's just not going to happen.
1: And, and, and before I get the, well, the backup, you know, the know, the, the comeback for well, the backups have to play as for the starters sometimes that is true, but the backups usually get to play with the start, the yeah. rest of the starters when they're yeah. not, they're not playing with solely backups. Whereas, you know, the offensive line, the second team, offensive line, those are all backups across the board. Some of them are actually third teamers. Uh, And the defensive line are backups only in name, right? They all actually play a lot. So uh, it's, it's not just like, oh, they can't handle the competition on an individual level. Offensive line is a weak-leak system, system. So if you have a third-teamer in there, they'll find them, and they'll exploit them. So it's tough for, to be on the second-team offense.
0: And if you've watched Cowboys preseason football from, I don't know, the last 30 years, you know this is nothing new. Like yeah. it's really yeah. hard to find quality backup offensive linemen, and it makes these preseason games – I mean, it makes them really ugly at some point. Yeah, but I does. got a feeling the Cowboys defensive line, when we get to these preseason games, when we get in the third and fourth quarters – are absolutely going to eat uh really quickly before we move on uh, tyler smith i thought he looked really good yesterday yeah. uh he just looks so comfortable at guard it looks like he's been playing there his whole life
1: yeah i mean just physically moving bodies everywhere just like he's just the the tip of the spear the run game in a lot of ways and yeah. um it just he looks like the guy i mean you know you don't have zach martin out there tyler tyron smith is looking good but to me Tyler Smith right now is like the 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 top dog offensive. I think he's the best out there. offensive lineman. I think he's game. the best yeah. offensive lineman out there and, and without Zach Martin. So and, and he's and he's played like that so far. He's yeah. really, really had a nice camp. All right, Landon. I want to talk about some deep sleepers at Cowboys Camp that we haven't got to talk about
0: enough yet. Let's get to those guys next. Landon, one of the players that it stood out to me maybe the most in this camp that I didn't really know a lot about kind of going into training camp uh, is John Stevens, a tight end that played at Louisiana last year. He's actually a a former wide receiver, six foot five and a half, 235 pounds. The reason he didn't get drafted is he ran a four, six, five, which you just can't do that at wide receiver, but at tight end, you can. And I got to say he's made, seems like one or two nice catches in every practice so far.
1: Yeah, I mean he's a guy that, you know, we talked about uh, you know, offline that we just had we knew we had to bring up and mention because he's just come out here and made a whole bunch of crazy plays and and he has such a unique skill set. Um it's almost kind of I don't I don't want to compare it to Rico gathers necessarily but it's 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 like that in the sense that he does something that you feel like you're not gonna be able to get from anybody else almost right like Peyton Hendershot may be the closest thing to it but it's like he's big he's athletic he can move a little bit he's clearly you know this is all in the kind of context of him being a tight end more than a wide receiver but but even if you wanted to line him up at wide receiver and 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 kind of play him like I don't know like Plaxico Burris or something right you could probably do that I mean I think that he's, you're right. The the, the speed is such that you probably don't want him at wide receiver full time. He isn't going to be a deep threat, but when things get condensed and you're in the red zone or you're just outside the red zone and you're looking for big targets over bodies, um, he's a guy that, you know, that may actually find himself uh, being very useful. And he, he intrigues me a lot because, I don't know what you do with them. You know, I I feel like he's probably a guy that they're hoping that they can sneak onto the practice squad and then maybe, you know, call him up for a couple of games because maybe you end up using him in a couple of games, like actually throw him some passes because because again, like he's just such a unique body type and player that you don't really have an equivalent of on the team uh, that he may be a guy that you find a a matchup that you like and, and you can deploy him. But I think, Getting from here to there is going to be interesting, exactly. You know, how they're going to, be able to do that because they can't hide him too much. Like, they, he's too far down on the roster to he's not play, to play in it. these preseason right. games. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it will be interesting to see exactly how that all plays out. It reminds me a little bit of like
0: 2017 Blake Jarwin. Like, Blake Jarwin when he yeah. came in as an undrafted okay. free agent. Sure. Right. And, and, and looked really good in the preseason. Now, the Cowboys were able to stash Jarwin on the practice squad. I think they elevated him late in the year to play a game or whatever and it was that next year that Jarwin really started to look like an NFL player. I I just wonder like maybe you you stash him for a year and then next year he comes on and he's your third or fourth tight end and then you just go from there but there's there's clearly something here that's worth developing.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a you know with 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 NFL players you know there there's guys that have very well rounded uh, skill sets for their position those are the guys that the high draft picks that you know perform well in college obviously that's the route there's a route of guys that like you know are similar but just like a, a rung below that are, you know, get the middle, middle class of the yeah. NFL. Right. And then there's these, some of these guys that have like individual unique traits, like, uh, you know, some, I think it'd be equivalent of a really fast, but diminutive wide receiver, right. Sure. Who maybe doesn't catch the football well, where they have these kind of developable developmentable trait developmentable, developable traits <laughs> Uh, that that you that you see something you're like I I could use that on the field but he doesn't have enough of a game a complete game for me to deploy him onto the field yet yeah and and those are the kind of guys that are, can be interesting to, to kind of develop because if you can get them to learn just a, a, one or two more basic elements of the game then you can put them on the field you can exploit that trait that you that you've seen in them uh, and then hopefully get something out of it but it is kind of a weird gambit right like yeah. it's it's yes. it's interesting to see how it all kind of will play out especially like on a team building. I'm fascinated to to see how he
0: performs in the preseason. I I just think he's going to be one of these players that needs a full off season to kind of get his body to be a tight end. I mean, he looks massive right now. Like that's, that's not the problem, but I don't know if he's really built like a tight end. He's like 235 pounds. He probably needs to have that off season where he bulks up to like 247, puts on a little bit more muscle. Right. And then let's see what he looks like actually in line blocking and all of that kind of stuff. But I mean, of all the players that are going to be playing like late into the fourth quarter on Saturday. Yeah. He's, he's one of intriguing. the guys I'm
1: most in, interested to see. Absolutely. He's intriguing because, I mean, I think he, he's a guy that, you know, in, in the era of of post uh, turning, you know, uh, and, and tight in, basketball players into tight ends, like you see these kind of guys that you know, have these developmental traits that you think, if you could find a way to give him, like, just to do one other thing on the field, uh, that you might be able to find a way to get him on the field, and then suddenly you've got visions of, yep. you know, high uh, jump balls to to him in the corner, you know, boxing out uh, linebackers in the end zone, that sort of thing. So I, I do I do think he's a fascinating player, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what they could get out of him. Uh- I've got one more deep sleeper. I don't know if you
0: have one. But I I just want to mention, and this this doesn't even count as a deep sleeper because he made the 53-man roster last year. But I saw yesterday Marquise Bell was playing with a first-team defense. and He was covering Jake Ferguson. He was actually playing – it looked like a linebacker spot to me. I I, I know the positions really don't matter. But he was playing in the box, covering some of the tight ends. He's another one. I I think he's going to have to play a lot in the preseason, and I can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah, I I think for Bell, you know, it's he's been taking Donovan Wilson's place this whole time, right? And and I think it's sometimes it can be tough to kind of stand out as the uh, the backup guy who's coming in with all the starters, especially when you're playing with such a talented collection of starters, right? But Mm -hmm. I think Bell has 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 held up well. He just, I mean, I think he hasn't necessarily made a bunch of splash plays because. Other folks are making the plays around him. and A guy, Wanye Thomas. Yeah, I mean, well, see, and I think that's the thing, too, is that even Thomas, like, you started to see yesterday when they started doing more nine-on-seven stuff, that's where Thomas kind of really struggled a little bit more than he had previously, right? Because it's it's about taking on blocks, trying to get downfield, making tackles, uh, and he got thrown into, I, I I'm pretty sure he hasn't landed yet from when Tyler Smith came around the corner on a power play. <laughs> That's and terrifying. Tossed him. Uh, so yeah, I, I think he learned a valuable lesson about, you know, what it, t- it takes to play run defense as a safety uh, lesson that Marquise Bell, I think it's probably already learned at this point. And
0: it feels very much like those two players are competing for one roster spot. Maybe. And it's probably going to be the guy that helps the most in run, you know, defense. And that's where bell has an upper, an upper leg or upper hand here. But again, it it might just come down to who plays better in preseason, who performs better on special teams, but it's another position that I can't wait to watch uh, in training camp. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day, we're going to break down today's practice tomorrow, so make sure you tune in for that. Layman's going out to Oxnard on Thursday, so make sure you uh, get ready for our recap of that practice. We'll get you ready for the preseason game on Friday. Busy, busy week here on the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We are available on all platforms, so make sure you go check us out wherever you download your podcast. Go check us out on YouTube. Uh, follow Lanon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.